Welcome to Autism Knows No Borders. Discover what's possible when people impacted by autism inspire change and build community. Together with the Global Autism Project, here's your host, Rachel Harmon. Hello, everyone. This week's episode is a recording of one of our Global Autism Community exclusive events. The topic of this roundtable discussion was autism representation in the media. Participating in this event were autism self-advocates Thomas Island, Mary Johnston, Robert Schmoos, Corbin Havener, Andrew Arbo, and David Sharif, as well as community members Danielle Terrell, Ben Sharif, and Kia Burden. In today's conversation, we discuss movies, TV shows, and books with autistic characters, implied versus explicit portrayal of autism, teaching acceptance through storytelling, how the media can improve autistic representation, and autistic writers and actors. In this episode, discover what's possible when representation is nuanced. For a list of all the media described in this discussion, please visit our show notes at autismknowsnoborders.com. Roundtable discussions like the one you'll hear today are open exclusively for members of our online Global Autism community. We select a different theme each month, and our moderators monitor posts daily to ensure that our online space remains safe and respectful. If you'd like to attend and participate in any of our future events, you can sign up today at community.globalautismproject.org. We appreciate your time. If you enjoy this podcast and you'd like to support our mission, please take just a few seconds to share it with one person who you think will find value in it too. You can also follow us on Instagram at Autism Podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Global Autism Project, and join our online community at community.globalautismproject.org. And now I present you the Global Autism Community. All right, we have at least one new face, two new faces to the community. So... Let's go around and do some brief introductions. David, how about you go first? Sure thing. My name is David Sharif, magna cum laude graduate of Pace University with a BA in poli Peace and Justice Studies, dedicated community moderator with the Global Autism Project, motivational speaker, and global citizen. All right. And Mary? I am Mary Johnston. I run a blog that I started in July of 2020 called Autistic Rainbow 15. And on there, I talk about my life on the autism spectrum, but also any issues that may come up in the community. Okay. And Tom? Hello, everyone. I'm Tom Island. I'm in Santa Clarita, California, just north of Los Angeles. And I'm the owner of Come to Life Coaching based on the title of my book, Come to Life, Your Guide to Self-Discovery. And my experience in media includes being on several game shows like Wheel of Fortune and The Price is Right. And I've also been on set consultant for Atypical on Netflix and Ghost Whisperer on CBS. Very appropriate for today's conversation. Colleen? Hi, I'm Colleen. I am a special education teacher and now officially a SkillCore alum. I just got back from Kenya not even a week ago. And I am just so excited to be back here at a round table. Okay. And Rusty. Hi, I'm my name's Rusty. I work as the database and spreadsheets manager for the Global Autism Project. I really miss working at the Global Autism Project. Can't wait till we can all get back together again. I also can't wait for all seven continents of the world and all 50 states to have more vaccinated people and less unvaccinated people. <laughs> Glad you're here, Rusty. And Danielle. Hi, I'm Danielle Terrell. I'm located right outside of Boston. I have a master's in developmental disabilities with a concentration in leadership and advocacy and ABA. Uh, I've been in RBT for a few years. I've also worked in um, an assisted living facility and a group home. Um, so I have a diverse experience. And I guess it's okay to announce this, but I just accepted a new job. So I'll be working as a transitional human service coordinator with CDS. Oh, congratulations. congratulations. <laughs> You're the Congrats. first to find Congrats. out. So. 
All right. And Ben. Hi, my name is Ben Sharif. I have the privilege of being the older brother of David Sharif. I am a uh, filmmaker, documentary filmmaker, and uh, video editor based in Brooklyn, New York. Love you, bro. Love you, too. Okay, and Corbin, welcome to the community. Hello, I'm Corbin Havener. As of right now, I currently do um, work in manufacturing. Based on some of my experiences on the job market and education, I'm looking at using my experiences to also transition to um, the recruiting and advocacy field because I believe that field can use more autistic representation. Yes, definitely. And Bob. Hi, my name is Bob Schmoos. I am a licensed therapist. I'm an autistic self-advocate. I work in a residential home for autistic adolescents who also have behavioral issues. I've done that for about six years now, that type of work, and I've written articles on self-advocacy and also spoken at conferences and seminars regarding it. And I'm really excited to be part of this project and I want to do more with the Global Autism Project in the future, including Skill Core. Yeah, you should, definitely. Andrew, are you there? Yeah, I'm just going to keep my video off. I just got out of work, so it kind of like, ugh. Yeah, totally get it. That's <laughs> killing me. No offense to Zoom here. <laughs> but I can give a quick introduction. My name is Andrew Abel, and I am the founder of Driving of Autism. I'm also the director of community outreach for Planet Across the Spectrum. So today's topic is autism in the media. Very exciting. I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys have to share about this. So we're going to talk about some of your favorite movies, TV shows, and books, and how you think autism is portrayed in it. Like if it's done well, or maybe there are some things that can be improved. So as we share these movies and TV shows and books or plays or whatever it is, maybe not everyone has read it or seen it. So if you could also just give like a brief synopsis of the story so we have an idea. Maybe we could have one person share something at a time, and then we could talk about that specific form of media. How does that sound? Okay. Sounds All right. like a plan. Who wants to go first? What stands out to you? Um, go ahead, Corbin. Of course. To me, I think the biggest topic, say in any medium, is whether it's explicit or implied. So like implied would be like an autistic coded character. Mm. Now, I think the implied autistic characters are generally more to like benefit a neurotypical audience, audience, for example. But if I'm looking at somebody like, I, I think the, the implied ones are somebody that, you know, I can look at and see a little bit of myself in there. So for example, you know, I can explain like how this affects me and, you know, some, some of the mental benefits that it has. And it would allow someone like me to control that conversation as opposed to it being like explicit and based on this uh, concept one of my mom's favorite tv shows um, was always criminal minds because of the character spencer reed it's not explicit that he's on the autism spectrum but you know he has some of the but he has some traits i guess the social awkwardness he's um he has the idemic memory great with maps and my mom really loved that show because Spencer Reed really reminds my mom a lot of me. And that's always a good connection to have. All right. Has anyone seen that show and know that character? Colleen, you're nodding your head. Yes. Did you pick up on that? No. And I just had to Google him to make sure I was thinking of the right character. And as soon as I saw his face, I definitely smiled because I can definitely see that, but I never would have. I never would have thought that. Yeah, I never thought of that either. But now um, after you talk about it, I agree as well. He was one of my favorite characters. Corbin, do you think they did a good job representing autism there? Yeah, I mean, I think from my point of view, that that is a um, strong representation because from being on the spectrum, what I like the best is if it's implied, because 
anybody can watch that and you you see somebody who's incredibly good at what they do. We see somebody who's incredibly intelligent. Maybe like you can pick up on, you know, some of his, some of the like social challenges that may be a part of that. But to see somebody that is out there in their field excelling is always a positive representation. Yeah, that's very true. I agree. Is there anything that you think they should have done differently in this character? Or asked in another way, is there anything that stood out to you that maybe didn't really match your relatedness to him? Well, um, obviously his character's backstory is that he is, like he is a genius with um, you know, an IQ of 187. And obviously no, um, nobody is the same. So if we look at this age 12, he graduated from high school age 12, which obviously does come down to um, a stereotype that in some ways I think could be problematic, which would be the servant stereotype where an autistic person's value can be tied explicitly to what amazing thing that they can do. And most people, especially neurotypical or neurotypical people are are not going to be held to that kind of standard, you know, where like, we're only valuable if we could do something that's amazing, like curing some sort of disease or anything. Most people at large are never going to do that. Mm -hmm. Great point. Do you know if the actor is autistic? Yeah, that is a big topic. So the actor we have is, yeah, Matthew Gary Goobler. And it depends. It's a, a lot of it is, a lot of it is, of course, can be self-identified. And I do have a list of, um, of you know, autistic actors and writers as well. Okay. But for this one in particular, we're just not sure. Maybe not. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to confidently say one way or the other. Okay. And we'll definitely come back to specific autistic actors later on in this conversation. So hold that thought. All right. Thanks, Corbin. Does someone else want to share any character or movie or TV show? Yep, Colleen. So I didn't think of this one until I quickly had to search the one we were just talking about. But I think personally, my first realization of a character that had autism openly on a show was Parenthood, Max Braverman. And I was a big fan of that show. And I think there was six seasons. And it was really well done the family dynamic around advocating and supporting their child with autism. And I also felt I saw the true spectrum because sometimes I feel, I know we don't use the term high functioning anymore, but more like the level one autism is what is portrayed in the media. And Max definitely had some other areas that were displayed that I really appreciated for, you know, the world to see. Like what? Could you be specific? A lot of um, meltdowns or sensory overload. Also, just the struggles of being accepted in the world and finding the right placement and the right, you know, therapies and supports. It definitely showed it more as a struggle rather than just being like an expert or super smart. Hmm, definitely important to show all sides. It's a great family show too. Um, it's card called Parenthood. It has a lot of great actors and actresses in it. Even my dad watched it with me, which was really neat for him to sit and watch it and know my my experience with autism as well. Do you know if this actor is autistic? I am pretty sure. I remember looking that up because I was very curious about how well it was done, but I can definitely confirm that. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I'm just curious of what percent. I don't know what the stats are out there, but I have heard that it can be problematic when you're not giving the people who you're trying to advocate for a fair chance in the industry by not accommodating their needs or something getting lost in the audition process. So, yes. And now that I'm looking it up, that's also why his name in real life is Max. So that was a big part of it too, is they they kept the same name to honor, you know, that identity and lack of confusion. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Colleen. Someone else? I have a couple of things. I actually know a character. I'll go over two. 
actually one or two during my childhood, also um, teen years, I saw two movies. My dad always talked about one of them. One of them was called Mercury Rising, and it was dated, <laughs> incredibly dated. This was a premise. Um, there was this um, family, this one kid. It was like pretty, pretty young kid, around ages five to ten. I honestly forgot. And somehow this kid broke a, a highly security code in this government thing, and some sort of some army guy that a couple of people are trying to get him because he broke this uh, government secret. And guess what? Autistic. Yeah, outdated. Like it's outdated, and I was kind of cringing. Once I got more aware of autism, my dad always brand up. And I'm like, <laughs> just semi cringing, semi cringing. Mm-hmm. I'm also as aware of Raymond, and we all know Raymond. We don't. We already know, so we don't have to go in main details about Raymond. For I did watch it. If you're honest, with me, I just kind of don't care. I don't have a desire to rewatch it. It did its thing. I mean, introduce autism to a lot of people, but now I'm kind of like, my, like it's still there, it's still there. So it's kind of, I'm kind of like, whatever. Um, but there is one portrayal of autism I kind of, I kind of like. Have any of you seen something called The Bridge? Yes, I heard of it. Yeah. Um, the show never actually goes over this, and I actually had, I have to thank Andrew Comer for introducing me to the show. It has a detective, Sonia Cross. I can also put the wiki page of the the bridge on there. The mm. show never mentions it until I think it was season two, but she has on um, the show uses Asperger's, but again, people have their particular preferences towards Rangish. I honestly don't care either way. Um, not too picky about Rangish, but uh, this show and the store writers confirmed that she has Asperger's, or you could say level one autism for those who are kind of picky there. And it kind of comes in the form of just not knowing how to read social situations. Like she's detective and uh, she does all these, the lack of a better words, detective stuff. Like she's investigating a murder that happened. And it deals with both American and Mexico uh, borders. Can be complicated and definitely not for the thing of heart. Um, gets kind of, gets a little gruesome at parts because it deals with a murder case. And semi-conspiracy, I believe. Um, but the thing that the show does, again, it never mentions autism at all. She just mm. talks about some difficulties from time to time. And it show shows like, you know, how in some of those shows in, in those investigation shows that they talk to anyone who was there. She has trouble with kind of doing those little when you connect with people. And it comes off as that she's insensitive, except she's not trying to. Like, there's kind of like the balance. Like, when she does her thing, she does her thing. And when the challenges come up, um, it's noticeable. And she even mentions in the show that she does not know how to actually chat with people. Like, it kind of deals with her. And she also gets this new partner in the show that helps her in solving this case. It's really interesting. Um, still have to think Andrew Comrie introducing me. So that's something that might be worthwhile. For more of my preference, I like just nonfiction approaches. <laughs> You get a lot less trouble and you get kind of more of a, a more of a balanced one. Like some of my favorite uh, nonfiction autism materials. Um, if I'm able to talk about here, Life Animated is my main favorite. Mm. Absolutely amazing uh, movie and book. So that's probably just me. I just prefer nonfiction more in general. And I kind of just find more power and find I'm kind of more worthwhile to kind of find guest self value, guests within myself when what models, but that's just me. But let me get, get all of you the uh, pages, the okay. website. So post that in the chat. So Thank you, Andrew. I just want to take a moment to give Kia a chance to introduce herself. I think most people have met her maybe except for Corbin. And I know you guys have been interacting a lot in the community. Hey, guys. So sorry I'm late. I've been having crazy issues with my Zoom account all day. Um, but I think I'm okay now. But yes, I'm Kia. Like like Rachel said, most of you guys do already um, know me. I'm one of our uh, moderators here and very excited about this particular topic. It's gotten a lot of um, engagement in the community. So just kind of want to say like thank you to you guys too, just for the engagement this month. It's been really, really good. And I've been learning myself some things. I need to kind of check out some books and some movies. So thank you for sharing and I look forward to, you know, hearing some more in this roundtable. Great. Thanks, Kia. Okay. So continuing the conversation, you know, I think 
Andrew, you touched on this, same as Corbin, the idea of implicit autism and explicit. Does anyone have any strong views on either one? Like if they're going to show some autistic traits in the character, but not outwardly saying that the character is autistic. So it's not really part of the storyline, but they're just showing some characteristics. That would be like implicit versus like what Colleen's example with parenthood, right? That character was openly autistic on the show. Well, I think that it really depends. Like I feel sometimes they would need to have a, like have a variety of like, you know, different, autistic persons you know like this not just like one have it be stereotypical but also like because it's very diverse i hope that makes sense what i'm saying Mm -hmm. you want to see a range of characteristics to show the wide spectrum yeah definitely david you had your hand up i did i was actually gonna mention life animated after andrew brought it up And what he says is pretty profound and straightforward. And something that I would ask people is, have you ever witnessed a character in a film doing movie dialogue or movie quoting as a conversation with Owen Suskind applying Disney animated films which always kept him calm the whole time, his father, Ron, says, if you say a quote to him from any Disney film, he will toss up the next line. And that's what makes communication with him a lot easier. That is finding out one of his special interests and what he is using to interpret the real world that we live in. As a matter of fact, I had the pleasure of meeting him with my mother when we went to see it on the giant screen one time. I asked him, has he seen The Incredibles, which is one of my favorite all-time films? He said yes. So if we ever do movie dialogue together, I would just say to him, where is my super suit? So that is a good example that movie dialogue or movie quoting is an essential method of conversation because not all, but for some, it can be easy to remember movie quotes. It just depends on the person and who that person is. And I have no doubt that Owen Suskind would still be working at the Regal Cinema, tearing up tickets, and then hopefully grabbing a bag of popcorn and seeing the movie inside one of the theaters itself. Interesting. Go ahead, Mary. For me personally, I do like seeing characters show kind of ADHD autistic traits, even when it's not stated. I don't know if anyone's seen the show Big City Greens from Disney Channel, but the character Cricket, I think, is very ADHD coded. He's about eight to 10, but he's very hyperactive. He's very spontaneous, very impulsive. And when I mentioned to people like, oh, I think he might have ADHD, people say like, oh, no, he's just a kid. But I think there's differences between like normal eight-year-old behavior and kind of ADHD behavior as a kid because kids with ADHD definitely are more hyperactive. And also, if you watch closely, you'll notice that he kind of like just bursts into the room and he kind of just says what he's thinking without really kind of thinking about it. He'll be like, oh, I have a dog named Phoenix um, when they were talking about something else. And he kind of just cycles through the facts that he already knows instead of trying to learn new things and kind of contribute to conversation. So I liked seeing that. And I said, oh, I kind of relate to cricket a little bit. I think he might have ADHD. 
I uh, love that you brought that up and I put it in the chat too. I, I love big city greens, but it's funny that you have that perspective because I have the same one and my niece likes the show too. She knows that I work with individuals that have autism. You know, she was like, like, you know, cricket is really different for me. Like he says what he wants to say or he has a hard time with conversations and he like stays, um, like you said, like on his on his topics a lot. But then she was like, but like, I really like learning about him or like watching him. And, but I completely agree. I think, I think the same thing as you, I was like, yeah, I, you know, this, yes, he's a, he's a kid, but it's, it's a bit different. And for a kid to also notice that I'm like, I, I think that that's a pretty like fair statement. Yeah, that is, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, children pick up more, pick up things faster than adults. I'm just curious. I I haven't seen this show, Mary, but how do the other characters respond to Cricket? Most of the time they get kind of annoyed and frustrated with him. They're like, Cricket, don't go stomp in the mud. Cricket, don't just shout everything or make all these spontaneous messes. Leave your sister alone. Stop dragging her into trouble. So they get frustrated but there are also times where he does kind of relax and do the right thing. And they're like, oh, you're such a smart kid. You're a good kid. You know, you do that well. And he does things, but he kind of does them in his own way. And that's something that I noticed through watching the show. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I just also see that as maybe an opportunity to teach acceptance from the adult characters on that show or maybe his peers, it's a good teaching opportunity rather than kind of reprimanding always. And that's something that uh, I saw. I'm surprised nobody's mentioned uh, atypical or the good doctor yet, or maybe that's just something I've I've taken up. But uh, oh, in in those uh, shows, the main characters are on the autism spectrum and the people around him know it. And it will sometimes get brought up in certain social or professional situations now the actors playing the main characters do not have autism themselves but in my opinion they portray it pretty well and it covers a lot of the idea that it doesn't just impact the person on the spectrum it also impacts their family their co-workers other people in their lives and what kind of impact that can have on them so for example atypical sam the main character has a sister casey and an overbearing mother and a father who's a paramedic and they have their own situations and their own lives going on, but they have a good relationship with Sam. And then Dr. Sean Murphy and the good doctor, he sometimes has difficulties around the office with his bedside manner and other situations. But when he goes home, he has, uh, now, spoiler alert, he has a fiance and is relaying to her and they're starting a life together. So it shows that people on the spectrum can and do lead gainful, independent, productive lives, even though they might struggle at times, they're still going places and doing things for themselves. Yeah. So at least the clip from Atypical uh, in the community. Um, one thing that I appreciate is the coworker, like he didn't seem to care. In fact, you know, he like he seemed like enthusiastic to like sort of teach him how to live, you know, help, like help him out with the social stuff and everything. And also, I remember, I remember responding to that, um, you know, I don't, I don't really have a lot of tough sensory issues myself, unless I'm in a situation where a lot of stress is um, coming down on me like that. Because, you know, I worked at Hertz for a year and four months. And, you know, rental cars can be stressful. I don't know if we have time to go into my whole story about the keys getting locked in the safe because the battery died at that time. But you know, I got through it alive at least. <laughs> but when you're in that situation, the phone rings, it's just another noise. And uh, you, you just want it to end. Well, before I get into my thoughts about atypical, I would like to mention the fact that two of my friends from high school are in atypical. Um, really? Yeah. The one who plays Jesper, Dominique Brown went to a school with me and Spencer Hart. I can't remember who she plays in the show or what the character is. She went to school with me as well. 
So moving forward with that, what makes atypical so great is group sessions. And those are the scenes where you will actually see my friends in atypical and how they gather within the conversations. But now I want to get into Sam, where, as you know, Sam likes to discuss penguins in Antarctica. So if he's like ever in a party, he would just create his own igloo that he could sit in privately. And that's another trait that he has for himself. And his family knows what his interests are. But then besides that, his relationship with his sister can go on and off. And then having trouble supporting her with racetrack. But the important thing is his friendship with Zaheer can go back and forth saying, I am done with this job. I got fired or for some reason because of this, working in a technology store. That's also learning to build a friendship with somebody else. And to conclude my thoughts on atypical, if I do find a scene where my high school friends are portrayed in the show, I will make sure to find a way to share it. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Thank you so much for that. Mm-hmm. And Atypical, uh, during its first season, uh, the creators or the makers of the show actually got a little bit of lip from the autism community for not having enough representation of people on the spectrum in the actual show. So that's when they came up with the group session and had more people, oh. more authentic, if you will, in the second season. Got it. Colleen? Yeah, so I would love to just add on to the atypical. And I also forgot to mention, I have to leave a little bit before six because I have another call right at six, which is a bummer because I'm loving this. But I uh, teach a grad course at a local university about working with students with autism. And I got the curriculum from the previous professor that used to teach it. And she does a lesson on atypical. And what she has, we have the students do is watch even just the pilot or the trailer of the show. and to take notes and come together on a Zoom session to talk about what traits of autism they noticed. So I would love to hear some further input if people agree that's a good show for that purpose of teaching, or if maybe there's another one we should consider. Speaking of dating, um, another movie that I thought of, um, Jane Wants a Boyfriend, the actress is um, Louisa Cruz. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Has anyone seen that one? I heard of that one. Yeah, it's um, about um, a young girl um, who, uh, and it's explicit um, that she has Asperger's and she has an older sister who's like very protective and she's engaged and Jane um, wants a boyfriend and her sister's overly protective and watching her and she's like, you know, no, this is what I want. And she's advocating for herself and ends up meeting someone and I don't want to spoil too much, but. And that reminded me of another show I'll put in the uh, chat here. Everything's going to be okay. Everyone's heard of that one. It has a a girl in the show who's on the spectrum playing a girl with autism. And the character's name is Matilda. And and if you want to talk about dating Matilda, spoiler alert again, this certain part of the seasons, she starts to explore her sexuality a little bit, including possibly dating women. So that could be another series for exploration or further studying, if you will. Also, another movie that I saw, some people in the autistic community didn't like it. Others did. This is actually the first major movie I saw regarding an adult with autism. I mean, sorry, an autistic adult. It's called Adam. Hmm. You've ever seen that movie? It's about this young man. He works for a company up in New York City, and he's he meets this girl who's a teacher, and they start a relationship, and it's kind of like, I guess, like, a lot of things about, there's, a, like, miscommunication and things such as that, but it's, in my opinion, it's, it's pretty good. I could see where people can get the idea, but it really depends on what you see from it. Thank you for bringing up Adam. Because I remember watching Adam in uh, one of my past uh, group therapy sessions 
And uh, thank you, Mom, for giving me the movie as a Valentine's Day gift. I watched it again. It's starring Hugh Dancy and Rose Byrne. Pretty similar. Adam is an electronics engineer. And as he warms up to Beth Bockwald, it kind of happens where Adam takes Beth in an imaginary planetarium that he built for himself. And then the relationship gets complicated because Beth's parents have mixed feelings about her dating somebody with Asperger's who gets emotional and can lash out very fast when something happens that he is not comfortable with. And Adam is a great example when it comes to dating. And when I attended, I'd say a virtual workshop about dating and relationships that Dr. Carrie Magro led, he mentioned the movie Adam as one of the recommendations. And he still does. It's, if I'm correct, it's one of his favorite autism related films of all time, though he has more. And to help you understand or search for the movie Adam, I just put it in the chat right there. So, yeah, that's pretty much it through that. And thank you for bringing that up, too. I am enjoying all the shows that we are discussing. You're welcome. I'd like to take a quick stretch break. We're at just a little bit over halfway right now. And I forgot to do this last time. And I ended up having a sore back. So I think other people might appreciate it too. So let's take a quick two minutes, stretch, get some water, do what you need to do. And we'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. Tom, you put in a couple more movies in the chat. You want to speak about those? I can. So the first one I put in is a. Uh... Please stand by if anybody's ever heard of this. Oh, movie. It's oh with the guy I've Steve always, Bob has. <laughs> I no no. I wanted Not, to see that. I've wanted to see that. All right. Well, it, basically, it's uh, Dakota Fanning. She's on the autism spectrum and lives in a, a home and wants to be an aunt to her niece, but uh, her older sister is concerned about uh, Dakota Fanning's meltdowns and. A caseworker that Dakota Fang works with knows like the safe phrase or the way to calm her down is to say, please stand by, please stand by. And that helps Dakota Fang hmm. down. And then I recently saw a clip and I ended up seeing the full movie uh, Music with Kate Hudson, where Kate Hudson is the older sister of a girl with severe autism. So Kate Hudson is a recovering drug addict and has been asked to take care of her sister and there's some controversial scenes here for example like when uh music who's the girl with severe autism is having a meltdown a neighbor comes in and starts to press his body onto her almost like getting her into a wrestling lock or something and i think mm-hmm. that can, that can be triggering for some people but that, that's not in my opinion at least the best way to handle a meltdown yeah. but that that mm-hmm. information was conveyed and- in and the one and the one thing that I do want to bring up with music and this brought up the social media aspect of it. I mean, topics around music is unless I'm mistaken, that's where like nothing about us without us came as a hashtag. And I think that is a powerful, uh, powerful hashtag. Um, and, you know, it really led me to believe that like where I am and everything, autism spectrum disorder regardless of how much support anybody may need, um, whether or not somebody is verbal or anything like that. As, you know, autism spectrum disorder, I think it's beneficial to see every every one of us sort of as on the same team and that on any types of discussions, we have a right and we do need to be a part of that discussion. So that's why I do like nothing about us without us. Same here. Another issue that I have with it personally is... They also use a lot of like very bright kind of out there colors and kind of like these flashy dance scenes. And it's kind of almost like a backhand thing because a lot of autistics get overwhelmed by bright lights and kind of over the top flashy colors. Yet that was kind of their main move with the movie, which 
just kind of feels off-putting in a way. Mm. Yeah, and Andrew, you put in the chat, that one got out of hand so badly. The community acted so bad with that one. Could you elaborate on that? Um, people can still hear me, right? Yes, yeah. Um, I'm multitasking a big time listening to this, so <laughs> writing in the comments proposal at the same time. Yeah, just a lot of, like, I've been to a lot of the um, little autism community circles, and they reacted really bad, especially near the end where then the the person that ran it admitted we had a lot of mental health issues beforehand. At the same time, I've heard that she also used that some other time, and other people reacted bad, but... Like, I don't know for any reason, but if that were to happen, I guess the person was having a lot of really, I think, dark farts without me trying to use the right language for this sort of thing. I just felt the community went way too overboard. Hmm. I guess from, like I was saying before, like, I remember it probably be probably a little bit biased that I don't really look at fictional portrayals. So that's probably that acting through. But yeah, I just kind of felt the community either kind of be able to kind of guess where go and move, go do something else. Yeah, it just got really nasty. I've seen some of the nastiness uh, a year ago. And I was like, let's get the many things people could do. That that was one of them. I just was was kind of disgusted out and kind of lost my interest in the movie. I just hope things are going well with the person. Yeah. It sounded like it just got, they had some decent intentions. Like, there's probably... There's one of those that just got super out of hand. Are you talking about Sia? Yeah, Sia. Sia. Okay, got it. I wasn't sure of her actual name, but it's been a while. Okay. I think one of the other controversies around this one is that that actress who played music was replaced. It was originally supposed to be an autistic person, right? And then they changed it to a neurotypical. Yeah. But also add to that. And this is probably, again, personal. And again, I stand out a lot. I don't mind non-actors playing autistics. It just depends on the execution. Mm-hmm. That's kind of why that I really sense. like how I really like it. And guessing the bridge, I don't think the person who played Sonia Cross is autistic. I briefly checked. I don't think. Um, okay. I think Tom's aware. I think Tom may be aware of the show. I think. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think the actor that played that character was autistic. Maddie Ziegler is the actress, and I don't believe she's on the autism. So yeah, Sonia Cross, right? Yeah. So I. I guess the reason I don't mind is that if the portrayal with some kind of explore character and they get some interest in autism, I guess I'm kind of thinking of it as a ally approach. If they mm-hmm. get interested in that and just kind of get interested in doing more like autism stuff afterwards, like I'm personally fine with that. I guess more empathy if I were to go that angle. Yeah. Great perspective. Same time, um, having actual people there is also good. So I guess like I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind. I have no issue with that. I think I guess at the bottom to it, I guess we'll at it as a I guess someone that's say that's sitting in the theater room or bedroom, just because things are kind of weird, pandemic question mark is kind of a thing, kind of not. I just want a good story. <laughs> I just want an interesting story. I just want a character, I just want an interesting character, regardless if they have all these little checkboxes correct in. Mm. If they're this or that or the race is that. I just want a good story, honestly. <laughs> I know of another good story, and I actually wrote a blog about this, uh, given my background as a CPA. Anybody seen The Accountant with Ben Affleck? He was basically an accountant for mobsters and black market criminals, but he was on the autism spectrum and was able to write out charts of accounts and had information memorized and executed himself really well as a professional mobster so to speak but yeah he also had weapons training having been brought up in a military family so while that brought out like the savantness if you will of people on the autism spectrum and working well with numbers it also suggested the possibility that they could be trained killers too if you put them in the right environment so that was the little caveat that came with that movie the accountant Mm, interesting so tom i'd love to hear some of your experiences as a consultant on set. What was that like? So one of the most recent ones was atypical where there was an episode where Sam had an encounter with a police officer. He was 
walking down the street in a hoodie. He was a suspected criminal and an officer comes up next to him, starts asking him to do things. And Sam's basically reciting the, the species of penguins in order to calm himself. But that led to another episode of Sam's parents wanting to train police on autism in that series. So the show's creators brought me and my mother in because we train police officers about autism. So we had lunch and they picked our brains a little bit, got some ideas and we uh, got to tour the set too. So I went into Techtropolis and saw like the, the rooms and the sets where they film the show down in Los Angeles. So that was a pretty cool experience. And in 2005 uh, on the set of ghost whisperer with Jennifer Love Hewitt, there was an episode where she could see a ghost who was on the autism spectrum. And she went to a group home to find out more about what autism is. And I'm in there in a little game room playing on a computer. You can see me on that. And I got to meet Jennifer. She was really sweet. Got a nice picture with her. And if any of you want to look for that episode of ghost whisper, the title is the ghost within. I think it's season two, episode four or five. So you could watch the title, the episode titled The Ghost Within, Ghost Whisper, and you'll see me in a green shirt playing on a computer. <laughs> That's awesome. Very cool. Well, what do you guys think is missing in representation? What would you like to see more of? For me personally, I'd like to see more like realistic representation because in my opinion, I feel like they either do like the kind of savant high functioning like math genius Sheldon Cooper type or they do like the non-speaking can't do anything for themselves like I feel like there's not really a lot of kind of fluid within like the traits like with everything's going to be okay I liked that with Matilda and Drea they showed more than just like the autism traits like they kind of gave them like a personality so Matilda could struggle with sensory issues, but she was also very gifted with music and playing instruments, and she did well in school, and she had friendships and relationships outside of that. And then Drea had the service dog, but she was also kind of trying to finish high school and kind of figure out life. So I enjoyed seeing that instead of kind of the stereotypical side of autism shown in media. And that was from the series, Everything's Going to Be Okay? Yeah. yeah. Just so people knew who was <laughs> to. Everything's Going to Be Okay. That was the series, yeah. I will say that uh, I think uh, the portrayal or the attempts to portray people on the spectrum is there, but it may not necessarily be them telling the story. Like, I think I saw in the chat here, uh, As We See It, that Amazon Prime series. I haven't seen it, but I recently read a review about it, that it's caregivers attempting to tell the stories of people on the spectrum. But they're telling it in a way that's not so optimal, if that makes sense. So I think if we really want true, accurate, legitimate portrayals of people on the autism spectrum, that they need to be in the scene telling the story and that it's true and near and dear to them versus someone else's picture or paradigm or what have you in telling that story. Yeah. And I'm not sh I'm sh uh, too sure. I mean, I've, I'm sort of all over the place. So, you know, there's a lot of shows out there that I haven't seen. Is anybody aware of something like, even something like a, like a family sitcom or anything where like either the parents might be on the spectrum, you know, and they're successfully having their like career, or, you know, or like they successfully met their wife and they're successfully raising a family. Uh, Cause that's sort of an interesting aspect that I think um, that I can't personally think of. And I know, I know it exists. Um, well, at least a lot of places in real life. Um, anybody know anything? So if I'm understanding your question correctly, it's uh, you want to see families or people with autism, like getting married, having families, having lives, and that be documented or shown on TV, something like that? Yeah. So like, um, for example, I think it is like widely misunderstood, like 
I think autism is so widely understand as something children have and people oftentimes forget, hey, you have it your whole life. So like, I can't think of a situation where like maybe a parent in a family is like raising a family in kind of like a sitcom situation and, you know, how that and how that might apply. Okay. Makes sense. I think that's a really interesting concept. I'd watch that show. Yeah, the same here. Personally, I think that that I agree with what everybody's saying that uh, and ultimately there's a lack or there needs to be more diversity in the autistic characters and the stories that are presented. And I think that it's always better if these characters are nuanced. Whereas if, you know, autism isn't the sole aspect of their identity that the show focuses on where it's intrinsic to their being, but it's not the entirety of their being. And those, uh, the characters that are more developed feel more authentic generally. Going back to the show that Tom brought up as we see it, which I watched recently, I commended for uh, hiring autistic actors in the three main roles and also centering, attempting to center a character who is a female Asian autistic, which is not commonly seen. It's not seen much in media of the autistic women. Absolutely. And while I think the show does have its flaws, I, I was grateful that, that a character like that exists in a, a widely seen venue like Amazon, right? And there's obviously more work to be done particularly with autistic people of color and autistic women. Yeah, great points, Ben. Thank you. I definitely agree with what Ben said. I think in media, a lot of people want to focus on white autistic men. And there's not really a focus on women, especially um, autistic people of color, which definitely need to see their own selves represented in media because everyone deserves to have fair representation that's not like awkward or like nitpicky at kind of the bad side of them so that was the first thing that I noticed and I was really happy to see that too because I think that we really need to give autistic people of color more representation in shows yes definitely All right, let's talk about some of your favorite autistic actors. I think this is a good segue. This is actually our subtopic for this next upcoming week in the community. We'll be highlighting some of your favorites. So does anyone have any they'd like to share? Of course, this one also applies to being a writer as well, but uh, Dan Aykroyd. um, We can mention uh, Dan Aykroyd. from, of course, the Blues Brothers, um, Saturday Night Live, which was a recurring Saturday Night Night Live sketch that turned into quite an interesting, pretty comedic movie featuring a lot of great Motown acts as well. <laughs> you know, that was interesting, but he also acted and wrote in uh, Ghostbusters um, based on his uh, intense interest in, of course, ghosts and law enforcement. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins recently revealed he's on the autism spectrum and he has such a wide range of resume of roles that he's played over the years and continues to take people's breath away. And I don't think I'll ever get the whole Hamble Lecter voice out of my head after <laughs> he played it so brilliantly and he earned his Oscar for that. Mm-hmm. I would like to mention my friend Dominique Brown, who has been in shows already and has a bright future of being in additional TV shows, whether it's a TV show series on Netflix. But I know for a fact that he's going to be portrayed in a movie and that he will further his career in music writing. And he already has a music album, which is starting to become popular. And along with my friend Spencer, who has sung the national anthem multiple times, and despite the sensitivities in loud music, she knows how, if I'm correct, I, I didn't mean to speak out for her, but she knows how to get through the stress of loudness. And I've seen her perform in many shows that 
I can remember. And both of those people are meant to be future actors and actresses. And they have made great progress in their baby footsteps. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I was just scrolling through a list and I, I saw Jerry Seinfeld. I'm like, wow, that makes perfect sense. Is he openly autistic or is that just a speculation? Speculation. He openly recognizes himself as having autism spectrum disorder due to his history of social challenges and unique way of thinking literally. And if you think about any of his stand-up material or anything his character's based on or anything that his character like completely harped on and everything... That makes sense. (laughs) Okay. We have about 10 minutes left. How about we transition to books? Have you guys read any books with implicit or explicit autistic characters? Fictional or maybe it's nonfiction. I personally read a book called... um, Why am I now forgetting the title? It was something about a jump. I posted it in the community. The reason, the reason I jump? I yeah, the reason I jump. Thank you. Sorry. I, that always happens to me. It's like I go to mention something and I'm like, wait, what was that thought again? Um, it's a it's a book about um, a autistic man who is less high functioning and he's non-speaking and he wrote a book on his life experiences on the autism spectrum, what he thinks will happen to him in the future. He reflects on his childhood and um, the struggles that he had with that. And when I read it, I did relate to some of his traits, like struggling in public or being called mean names because I'm autistic and kind of having to find where I fit in or belong. So I did like that one. I just finished that um, audible version. Oh, yeah. And then something just sort of came into my mind um, because I remember in a, another autistic creator, uh, Paige Lyle, actually um, provided the audio reading of this, but it's a book called American Girl by Wendy Walker. And basically it's about, you know, Charlie Hudson, an autistic 17-year-old girl who is determined to leave Sawyer, Pennsylvania as soon as she graduates high school. In the meantime, she works as many hours as she can at a sandwich shop called the Triple S to save money for college. But when the shop owner, Clay Cooper, a man who is both respected and featured in many, many in this economically depressed community, is found dead, each member of his um, staff is a suspect in the perplexing case. Charlie must work to protect herself and her friends to uncover the danger that may still be at large in this tight-knit community. So I guess that is certainly one that is worth checking out. You know, I may have to, that. so that one certainly may be interesting. It just popped into my mind. Have you read it? Or it's on your list? Yeah, it, it, it's, on, it's on there. I just, I just remembered it because Paige Lyell actually does the audible narration of of that so if you read the audible version um you know uh Paige Lyell the person who you'd hear reading it is autistic oh great I've read uh Temple Grandin's book The Way I See It not to be confused with As We See It on Amazon Prime but but the way I see it uh, she describes uh, her thinking process how she thinks in pictures and can visualize something particularly when she was constructing those walkways for cattle before they met their maker. And she also mentioned how she was raised, like her parents raised her and particularly her mother and to be like, to be very proper, like what good manners were and routines and jobs she had growing up. And also how, and I kind of take this when I go do speeches and speaking engagements is that, you can't please everybody, no matter what. There's always going to be somebody who doesn't agree with you or doesn't think you know what you're talking about, that you're an idiot or something. But then there are so many other people who do want to hear what you have to say. And it's not your life's purpose to please everybody. So don't even bother doing that. So that's something that I took away from Temple's book. 
I have a question. Do, do any of you like poetry or enjoy reading poems? I and, actually, oh, sorry. And if so, I am the author of The Empowerment of My Condition, which is my first book. It's a book of at least 20 to 21 poems, give or take. I self-published this book through the Lulu Bookstore, and it has been more than a year since I accomplished it. And it's about my journey from autism diagnosis to now. So if you would love to have a copy of that book with my signature, please direct message me your addresses in the global autism community, and I will happily send you one. So that's what I have in terms of books, but there are so many I can think of that I want to give time for others in this roundtable to share. David, I apologize for interrupting you. I just wanted to say that I actually really like poetry myself, and I actually started writing my own poems when I was 18 in high school. So I just wanted to mention that connection. Thanks. Very cool, Mary. You'll have to share some of your poems in the community. And I kind of wanted to briefly talk about kind of tying in two points. The most books I'm familiar with are like children's books. Um, and earlier in the discussion, we talked about representation or like what's lacking. And I, I will say that as far as representation of especially minorities, African-American minority group, I see that more in books than I do in movies. So in children's books that I've seen parents, you know, take that lead. I actually share one in the community. It's called My Brother Charlie. It's a great children's book. And every time I've seen that book in like a library, um, I get a lot of comments or feedback like this is why, you know, representation really matters because they look like me and they can relate and things like that. So while the representation is still not where it should be, I do tend to see that it's a bit more prevalent in children's books than what we see on the big screen or in movies. So there's definitely room for development there, but just kind of wanted to point that out. And I just put in the chat, I thought of another title. It just came to me as you were talking about there, uh, Roman J. Israel Esquire with Denzel Washington. He's an attorney and supposedly he's on the autism spectrum in that movie. I am definitely adding that to my list too. I've not heard of that. Uh, Yes, David, I will put that in the chat. I also wanted, since um, I forget who it was that brought, I think it was Mary who brought up The Reason I Jump. I just wanted to add that that was made into a really amazing documentary that doesn't follow the story of the author, but kind of uses his words and weaves in different characters, uh, different people who are all non-speaking autistics from around the world and and follows their story quite poignantly. I just lent uh, Uniquely Human to a coworker who um, he's a special education teacher. And he said that this year he has, um, is the first time that he has a student in his classroom um, that has autism. And he said that he's like halfway done and already it's been extremely helpful to him. Yeah, I've heard of that one. I also loved that podcast, particularly a couple of weeks ago about echolalia. Because I think for one thing, when you have maybe a deficit with nonverbal cues like eye contact or anything, utilizing it can help you confirm that you're listening or understand what somebody else said. So it's a great communication tool if you're on the spectrum, actually. So another book that I just finished is Centered. If any of you follow basketball, the book Centered exactly relates to sports. Anthony Yanni, the the author and the first autistic athlete to play D3 basketball, where he played at Michigan State. He is very close friends with Golden State Warriors superstar Draymond Green and his relationships with the best athletes in the world are undeniably outstanding. So if you like to follow basketball or any sports, Centered is definitely one of them. All right, guys, we are coming to an end here. So thank you, everyone, for all of your input today. 
We'll see you guys in the community. Perfect. Bye. 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 Thanks for tuning in to Autism Knows No Borders. An accurate media representation of autism is important for both autistic and non-autistic people. For autistics, it can be comforting to see yourself portrayed in books or on screen. It's a reminder that you're not alone and that there are people going through experiences similar to yours. For neurotypicals, seeing a wider range of autistic characters can help you develop a more nuanced view of autism. A better understanding of autism by society at large would make it easier for autistic people to live authentic lives. Are you a self-advocate wanting to connect with other autistic people? Or are you a family member hoping to support and empower your loved one? Are you a professional seeking to hear directly from autistic voices and improve your practice? Whatever your role related to autism is, you can join our online global autism community to collaborate with people all over the world. Sign up today at community.globalautismproject.org. Let's work together to transform how the world relates to autism. Thanks for listening. Take care. Tune in each week for engaging conversations of how people across the globe are inspiring change and building community. You've been listening to Autism Knows No Borders, brought to you by the Global Autism Project. You can find Rachel's notes for this episode and learn more about today's guests at AutismKnowsNoBorders.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please kindly rate the show and leave a review. By doing so, you'll be helping us increase awareness and acceptance of autism around the world.